Hey everybody and welcome back to a brand new episode of Mainstream Boys. Yeah, with a Z. Get your popcorn ready, crack open an ice cold cherry coat, and sit back and relax as Jonathan and Spencer break down the new release films of the week. This week, we watched a former Twilight star take on the role of the beloved Princess Diana Spencer, navigating holidays with the royal family and trying to end her decade-long marriage. Kristen Stewart gives an Oscar-worthy performance in Spencer. So, what's up, Spencer? Welcome back to uh, Mainstream Boys, the show where we talk about new release movies. Are you ready to talk about a new release movie? Yeah, I guess so. This is funny because we call the show Mainstream Boys, but we're talking about a uh, a, a very <laughs> Oscar movie that's not for the mainstream audience whatsoever. This is more of like a Nate movie, if you can call it that. Very much a Nate movie. It's it's a kind of a biopic and very uh, kind of filled with depression and sadness and anxiety and you know it's it's marital, not Clifford the Big Red Dog and stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> tons of uh, you know marital issues. What yeah, Meredith. Oh man, it's Nate. No wonder he literally drove forty five minutes to go see this movie. An yeah, hour. He has actually. a review. He has a review of it on our uh, Instagram, which you can go and check out right now. But um. No way. I I am not prepared for this. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> I this never even crossed my mind that Nate would be here for this. I know yeah. that's how we planned it. <laughs> I don't know. I, I he didn't texted watch me the last movie, night, so <laughs> he just oh, yeah. Too bad. <laughs> yeah, I didn't watch it, so I'll just sit back and you guys can review the movie. You didn't watch good, it? Yeah. No, I watched it. Oh, I was gonna say, you fucker! I didn't join this thing just to not talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Nate, you saw this in theaters, right? I did. Wow, you went down to the the old kind of. It's not you don't have recliners there. It's these like almost oh, no, like you're in recliners a, there. They had it in Bangor. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought you went down to the old Waterville Theater. Oh no, nope. They uh, Bangor decided to uh, smarten up and get some good films finally. Get any popcorn? Any snacks? Maybe a, maybe a soda. Not that time. Uh, no. Wait, did I? I might have gotten a soda, but like drank <laughs> it afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> you just sat in the cup holder and like watched the ice melt. I didn't put ice drink in it. it in That's the car. The key. That's oh, the key. No, no ice. Put ice in it. No. Oh, you're one of those. Then it's all watered down, and on the drive home, I take a big swig, and all it is is seltzer water. Yeah, fuck that. Well, I do no. remember when we worked in the movie theater, they would want us to put like a lot of ice in the cup, and I would usually not do that because that's bullshit. You're spending five dollars for a soda that at the at the time when I started, I don't think you could refill any of them. Some oh, people that, but... always asked for no ice, which we always had to honor. But they knew that the soda that comes out of the soda fountains are already extremely cold. Like you don't need ice. Oh yeah. And plus, yeah. It like Wait, decarbonates the soda, so it's like, yeah. What's the point of ice? Come on now. That's not an ice thing to do. <laughs> huh. Okay. And that's um, all I wanted to say. All right. See you guys later. And <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right. Well. I, I can't believe Nate's here, but, uh, you know, hopefully you already heard his little John Cena intro. I guarantee you if I edit this, that will be a part of the episode because his I get very few. His name is Nate Cram. <laughs> <laughs> See, we do need to make that. I'm Nate. <laughs> it's one of those here. Batman transitions where my head is spinning and it goes. <laughs> I feel, can it be like the Porky Pig thing visual. at the end of yeah. the Looney Tunes episode? That's all, Mainstream Boys. <laughs> that's all, folks. <laughs> that's all, that's all, folks. This is Mainstream Boys, the show where you watch the new release films of the week. You grab that big bucket of popcorn, and I school cherry coke, maybe some junior mints, and sometimes Nate joins the show. One out of every 23 shows Nate joins. I just did the math in my head. Me and Nate and Spencer, we all watched a movie called, what do you know? Spencer. That's my name. That's you, but it's not a. This movie is not about you, right? Well, I was hoping that it wasn't going to be because that would have been. A what if you just? What if we just watched the movie and it's actually just like me and Nate were following you with the camera, but you didn't know? <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's three opening, hours long, and we're just like <laughs> documenting your life. Me, yeah. <laughs> the opening shot is just us behind Spencer as he's watching like. Need a battle angel or something, <laughs> just something random. <laughs> All it is is Kristen Stewart just playing Red Dead Redemption and doing really fucked up shit. 
Okay. It's actually her and underwater. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yep. Um, all right, guys. Well, should we go ahead and get into a little discussion of Spencer? Not about Hi. Spencer, but the film oh, Spencer. Okay. Yes. Yep. That was okay. Sure. So he all was right. born well, in 1995. Spencer is available, uh, oh. I believe... Oh, <laughs> no, no. We're talking about the movie. I know it's really confusing, but we're talking about the movie, Spencer. Um, what? 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 <laughs> this is going to be too easy to do. So right, that's it. I won't we... do it more. Okay. Spencer, you're going to okay, have a code name. You're going to be Lil Ducky for this episode, just so it's not confusing. Is that you can okay? can call me Ducky. How about just Ducky? That's that's totally fine. Can I do? Can I call you Duck? Or is that no. too much? We've We've established it. All right. Okay. All right, Doc. So this week we watched Spencer 2021 film. It is available on VOD and in theaters. Rated R, an hour and 57 minutes. 7.1 on IMDb, an 84 critical rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 50 audience rating. Nate, can you give me a hint of where you lie? Okay, I'm guessing from that reaction, it is not the audience rating. (laughs) I am The utter look of disbelief. (laughs) I I am, like so surprised right now i want to meet like that 50 percent and just bitch slap I'm, all of them because... yeah i'm not surprised <laughs> I, i'm not su- i'm actually yeah i'm not surprised at all that it's at a 50 percent like me either but movies, like come on I actually people. when i see the audience score like lower i kind of get more excited for some reason uh just because right, i feel right, like right. i'm sometimes in the minority with these types of movies i mean like the green knight i saw i had like a 49 percent audience score before i watched it i'm like okay so i probably will really dig this so I don't think yeah, it, it's just not story. necessarily the movie like Diana, Princess Diana, beloved human being on this planet by many people. My mom included loved her. I remember she told me a story of like the day that she found the newspaper at her door of her being dead. And it was like devastating. So like even just across the planet, she was a very beloved person. So if you watch this movie and it's about depression the whole time and it's not really about her life then you might be a little disappointed as a Princess Diana lover and not a filmography lover. Yeah, like, it's it's funny because you kind of explained it really well because you I would say pretty universally she was loved by everyone. And you could yes. just... And even though I think she died before we were even born, so we really don't have any sort of... Was that? Okay. Okay. or so, yeah. So we there. were barely... Yeah. We were born, but like barely not coherent even able of to what remember. the world was. Yes. But <laughs> my god, every video of her, every like sound bite of her just talking, just she was just a gem. Like a diamond in the rough, genuinely. And like she's one of those people that I would love to like bring back and just have like a conversation with. Have some she tea just, with her, maybe some crumpets. Or just KFC. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. She did have KFC at the very end of the movie. Uh, I yep. totally forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, she and her kids are in the KFC yeah. buckets because they finally can. That was awesome. So that's, a good, that's a good pull. Nice pull. Right. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even pick up on that, but that was great. I, I've i always heard that, yeah, what you guys have said about Diana Spencer, just that any like any woman that I run into would just have nothing but just amazing things to say about her. And I just don't know much about her life. I mean, I obviously I don't know much about the Royal family in general. I'm kind of an uncultured fuckface. Like I just didn't watch the crown. I never really got into the, the whole history element of that either. I just was just all right. Yep. Yeah, they're just living their life going kind of crazy and the media loves them, but I never really got too attached to it. So when I was going into Spencer, I th- thought that this movie was going to be kind of just about her life during marriage to prince charles yeah kind of like Like, a biopic but when i realized that it it really isn't i was even kind of i was more into the movie than i thought it was going to be so yeah we'll we'll get into it but i was pleasantly surprised that this wasn't really just a biopic basically the movie does take place in between her separation and her divorce slash death um, with her husband Charles so she's kind of just like away from the estate that she basically grew up in after she got married and she goes back for the holidays sees her kids sees obviously the queen some other people in the royal family and her I guess separated husband that's basically when the movie takes place but during the Christmas holidays with the royal family at the Sandringham estate in Norfolk, England, Diana Spencer, struggling with mental health problems, decides to end her decade-long marriage 
to Prince Charles, who seems like kind of a dick. Kind of a dick? My god, if that guy was king? Oh my god. Fortunately, they don't have any real power when it comes to actual political things. There's a prime minister in England. There's The queen and king have no actual power. But they have a lot of fucking money and influence. Mm-hmm. So And, like, we understand as much about them as probably they understand our president. Like, it's almost like on a similar playing field, I guess. They probably were like, oh my god, Donald Trump? Like, that's fucking weird. And we're like, oh, they still have a king and queen. Like, <laughs> that's still kind of weird. <laughs> Director Pablo Larion, who did Jackie. Nate, you probably like that movie. Uh, it it was a good movie. I remember watching it, but it was kind of slow and a little, not dull, but yeah, I'll go dull. Like it, Natalie Portman's performance was awesome and right. that made the movie, but the story just wasn't as interesting to me. But like this one, oh, this I one. I couldn't tell you what the story it. was about. And wasn't it just like her decorating the White House and stuff? No, Jackie. Okay, I remember Nate and I watched Jackie during the whole awards season of that year because obviously Natalie Portman was being praised for her performance. And yeah, Nate and I were watching it. It was one of those movies where he kept on looking at me because I was snoring. <laughs> I fell asleep in that Aww, movie like four times. <laughs> it's really it. I I, I got to watch it again because I don't think I have rewatched it since that one time. Um, all I really remember though is yeah. She was amazing in the movie, but yeah, it is kind of slow, but it's a very, it's a very similar style to Spencer in the Mm -hmm. way that it's, I think it follows like three days in Jackie's life. It's like, she's being interviewed by some reporters and then the end obviously is what happens with JFK, but like, um, it wasn't really like a biopic of Jackie. It was just kind of like a slice of life, similar to Spencer. Very much a slice Mm -hmm. of life. The same exact situation happens here as she kind of arrives and then just, lives out i don't know i guess it's like a week or so it's kind of hard to tell because the movie is very three kind days of, it's like, like three a three-day weekend yeah. oh god it seemed like it was like a year to me like the it was just the lead up to christmas which was a big event in the royal family yeah right it's like christmas eve christmas day and then boxing day which i believe is supposed to be yeah, the day boxing after. day oh okay it's, it's, it's when they shoot out day yeah oh. they went out hunting and stuff and the boy becomes a man kind of thing and Gotcha. Yeah, all that fun stuff. Obviously, Kristen Stewart's in this movie, who I have been saying for a while that I was... Kristen Stewart is bound to break out. I've Literally, if you go back on our post on those movie dudes, I think she might be the number one on my top five of actresses that will earn an Oscar. Because uh, I, I guarantee I you, you go like back. Anya I'm Taylor not just Joy. making this up now. Anya Taylor-Joy, she's probably in there. I know, she, I know Kristen Stewart was part of that list, um, but... Clearly, this is this is one of those movies where she could easily grab it already. Like, I mean, this is a oh, performance-based film. It's 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 in her hand right now, and whoever has the balls to take it away from her will have to deal with me. Kanye West <laughs> walks on that stage and just whacks her over the head with the Oscar statue, and then I'd walk there there and be like, Kanye, Kanye, I know you're having your moment, but oh, she was number four. Who's so number one? Wrong. Is it Anya Taylor Joy? Zendaya. Okay. Well, yeah, sense. I stand by that. I stand. She's got to get an actual film. Malcolm and Marie was a little disappointing because I thought she might get a uh, performance for that, but it's not really a great movie. So, almost a little too one note, but that's beside the point. Yeah. <laughs> um. But anyways, yeah, I guess uh, Nate, since you're here, you're the first one that saw the movie. You saw it in theaters. What were your kind of thoughts going into what's it called? Spencer. What? No, no, no. It, the movie, Little Ducky. You're Little Ducky for this episode. Remember that. I I only knew of Princess Diana of like word of mouth kind of thing and just throughout history and everything. I also know that Elton John, I believe he altered his song Candle in the Wind. Uh he altered the lyrics when she died and changed really? it so that it, it was altered to her. Yeah. Um because she was that well known and that well loved. But holy moly, this movie just Kristen Stewart's performance made her feel so singled out, but the way the movie was shot, like, holy cow, the, like, when she's walking the grounds and the camera's, like, feels like a mile away, it just encapsulates what she was feeling at the time, just alone in this unknown 
type of family that ha- is very prim and proper. They have clothes set aside for her for every single thing going on throughout the day and just seeing how alone she was. I want to know how she even got there in the first place. Like, that would be a cool movie, too. Like, how did she get in this situation? The uh, the opening scene of the movie, she's, like, trying to get back to the estate, which I assume this is after the separation, so her kids are at the estate already with Charles, and then uh, she hadn't been there for a while, and then she's, she's, like, struggling to find the place. Like, she's going into places of business, and they're just like, what the fuck? What is Princess Diana doing here? That was cool, because I can imagine that was kind of how it was like. Like, imagine just being at a bar, and then you look over, and you're like, oh my god, there's a real princess. Yeah, <laughs> like, like a right. legitimate the princess. toughest people would be like, oh but my she just, god. Little did they know that she just needed to get out of the house because she was on the verge of a mental breakdown. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's what the movie deals with. She's just portrayed as just this lost... Almost like a lost puppy, but she's she's not a puppy. She was just she's a strong person that is just has eyes on her all the time, and I can only imagine how terrifying that is. The movie does a great job at making you as a viewer feel trapped within her with within her because you are very much centered on Kristen Stewart the whole movie. She is the character. You don't really leave her presence the entire time. I don't think you do actually once. I'm pretty sure she's in every single scene, but also just like the stuff that they do to make you feel trapped, like when they sew the shirt, the curtains shut and like that dude, I forget his name, but the guy who was basically just watching her the whole time, he basically has like, oh yeah, yeah, Yeah. major all, all star Gregory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he's basically the guy who's like the overseer for the queen and the royal family and he's trying to make sure that she stays in line wears the right dresses, gets to dinner on time, is, isn't is eating turkey out of the freezer at night. Like, he was the guy that you love to hate in this movie because he's literally just overseeing every piece of her personality that isn't subjected to what the royal family wants. And they even have that moment when she is on the steps before the Christmas dinner, just, like, trying to get away, just to be alone in her thoughts, and she, he's just, there like, following he her to make sure that, like, she's going to get back in time. And she, they're having that discussion because he has a war background, and he was, like, how somebody had gotten shot and was dying in his arms, and he was saying, like, what what do we all die for, like, for the, for the queen, obviously. And then he was just... Just like her reaction to that was like, I haven't asked any of you guys to fucking die for me. Like I'm just out here, just trying to be alone. <laughs> like just leave me alone. Right. Just like holy shit, this is pretty intense. She married into this royal family. She was 12 years younger than uh, Charles when they got married. Which I don't know how old she was when they got married, but clearly pretty pretty damn young. Probably probably early, early to mid like 20s. 20s, late 20s. Yeah. You don't think she was like 14 or anything? I mean, it was the 90s, so I don't no, think she was that no, young. But no. Okay, okay. It's not no. like it's the 1600s or some crazy But shit. apparently she grew up next door, <laughs> and she kept on like trying to go back to her family uh, home that they had boarded up, and they had it yeah. all like, on patrol and stuff like that as well. Uh, yeah. I didn't realize that at all. I mean, if that's, if that's true. It's part of the flashbacks, I think, right? There's a flashback toward the end where she kind of sees herself as a child. Um, kind of envisioning like a different life for herself and like Lost Highway or something. I mean, she was like yeah. dancing mm-hmm. and kind of just like, I don't know, just imagining a different life for herself. Because through yeah, her entire life, life, she almost never had a chance to do what she wanted to do. Like she tried, but she was always under the umbrella of the family. Always. Because mm-hmm. she was a humanitarian. She she fought for a lot of like like mental health stuff and she tried to raise money for cancer and AIDS and all this other stuff, but she was always fucking like, this family's watching me, which I can't imagine the feeling, especially with the paparazzi and everything, too. There's there's one scene in a cemetery, I think, with a paparazzi, and you can see that she is just, like, in a terrible place. Oh, with she had the black veil over her face, and she yeah. had the red suit on? That's, like, one of her iconic outfits mm-hmm. that, like, you would recognize her from. And those, one thing that I liked about how they kind of tied it all together was, do you guys know who Anne Boleyn is? I do not. She was, I believe it was King Henry VIII's wife, Mm -hmm. who was beheaded. 
Oh, in the movie, yeah, right? Yes. Okay. Okay, yeah. yes, in the and, movie. Okay, yeah, I remember that. Yes, and I loved, because that's a true thing, that, that was legitimate, because King Henry thought that she was cheating on him, so she had him, ki- he had her killed. And so I love that little tie-in, like, if she doesn't follow this, this path that's laid in front of her, something bad could happen, which, in some people's conspiracy minds possibly happened there's actually some truth to that in diana's situation because there was a lot in real life there was a lot of rumors and stuff like both of them had affairs like both of them had affairs that's Mm -hmm. proven fact but the question of uh, there's a lot of questions of like who were the people they're having affairs with were is harry the son of somebody else that's another rumor um but another one is how uh charles was going to have her killed somehow which is kind of reminiscent of what you just mentioned where this this other person the royal family had his wife what beheaded you that literally happened if you watch the other bolin girl with like natalie portman and eric banna and scarlett johansson they go into it in detail and how because like i guess adultery was involved um possible incest and it just shows how much control like they might not have a lot of political standing like you were saying but they have a lot of control in the things that they're able to do yeah and influence especially everything yeah and back in those times when you didn't of course there was no internet there was no way to know if someone was lying or not you just you were at the grace of or the mercy of the the royal family and i thought they did a really good job at kind of comparing those two stories because she was kind of like a an anne boleyn and i liked how that character timothy small's character uh was the one that gave her the book and so he was kind of a jerk but in a way he was kind of like come on like the writing's on the wall you just kind of have to find it and I think one character we should talk about is Sally Hawkins' character in this movie, where basically she plays this person named Maggie, who is the person who like dresses her, and she's kind of her uh, what's handmaiden. Like, handmaiden, yeah. Hand, I, so I suppose that could be it. But she's like the one person that she feels like she can kind of open up to and trust, other than I guess her young kids at the time. And I, I know that the the writer of the film spoke to a lot of the staff that worked like under diana so i don't know if this is a real person but obviously the movie is it, it's not straight up fact like this did not all happen the way that the movie represents it maybe it did i don't know but i, I guess my question is do you think that this person was real because it is a main a main part of the story i bet it's it's one of those situations where it's based on a couple different people like i'm sure she had people that she ended up being close to that might have sympathized with her but i think this specific character probably not i think she's just kind of a culmination of a bunch of different people that she was with but that's just yeah me. yeah i mean there, there was nothing to, that made me think that she was like a ghost or anything or something like that she it seemed like she was like a yeah, like a real person like like when they said maybe she's like just kind of like a you know mishmash of different people that has like that was close with her but right. um i mean i don't know about like if she was like really in love with diana or something like that or i guess i wasn't saying like is she a ghost but actually to be fair kristen stewart who watched the film three times said that she thinks maggie was a ghost <laughs> really well, okay she yeah. does dis- she disappears so. so quickly and the excuse is because she got sent back to London or something like that. Right. And then she's just back again. I, I also interpreted it as just like mind games that they just were fucking with her as in like, yeah, they, they, they knew that she was close with this girl named Maggie. So they sent her away because they wanted Diana just to be alone and just to be depressed and stuff like that. They just were maybe taking it out on her and be like, okay, she's close with this person. Let's send her off. And then she finally like demanded her back. And then she arrived like the next day or something. Uh, so, mm-hmm. I mean, I never thought that she wasn't, real but it's interesting yeah i mean especially you just said like kristen stewart thought that maybe she was a ghost I mean, yeah maybe that would be because like the movie know. again it's not it, it's not paint by numbers it's very kind of atmospheric and psychological um which is something as a person who likes film i'm not surprised that nate was really into this film but from an audience perspective if you love diana this is not the like base. I'm. I'm. I guess I would compare it to like the film Capote or not Capote. Uh, 
Capone. Yeah, where that movie was was kind of like it wasn't really about his life. It was just like a very a small instance of his life that like maybe this happened, maybe it didn't. So it's yeah, not like you can't really take it. to it as well. Um, right, and that's yeah, exactly what this sure. film is. It's it's it, it's one of the first films other than a documentary about Diana that, you know, for the audience to watch and it it's not really a realistic representation of who she was. Maybe. So what I was not prepared for going into this movie because I didn't know a whole lot other than just that Kristen Stewart gave a phenomenal performance as she was in the Oscar buzz and obviously that it was from the same director of Jackie so it was going to be kind of like a slice of life of Diana's life. That's really all I knew about it going in. But what I was not prepared for and I think it's what kind of pleasantly like surprised me was that this movie is it's a psychological thriller slash horror film. Like it is absolutely terrifying at times just because the movie reminded me of kind of a more grounded version of Darren Aronofsky's mother. I don't know if you've seen that movie with Jennifer Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I just have this not, woman inside of a house, just constantly like basically like people are just like playing puppet. Like she's like basically this like this like there's a puppet master and just watching over her, just like fucking with her and just making her life a living hell. And that's what this movie reminded me of because it, there's so many. Yeah, like I didn't, I wasn't expecting this movie to go so dark, especially towards the end when she's in her childhood home and just having those visions and like there's moments where like i was legitimately like kind of scared i was like i was not expecting this movie because you are just watching this woman kind of spiral in like paranoia and just anxiety and it's it's terrifying and the way that they shot it and the same with the the way they used the score by johnny greenwood it was just very strange and unorthodox, but it just kind of represented her state of mind at times. And I thought that that was really, really cool. And like, like Nate said, some of the compositions too, like you just, you really get a good sense of just who she is and it gives her character depth just without words, just in terms of a visual presentation. It was just very, uh, very surprising and very cool. And there's so many scenes in this movie that kind of represent how she was feeling, whether or not they actually happened in the instant, like the scene where actually it, it, clarifies but like she falls down the stairs and then it cuts and she's like oh no shit i thought about doing that but i didn't and then there's the other scene about her like ripping the pearls off of her off of her neck and then she eats them out of the soup and stuff it's like she really hates this life that she's stuck in but the movie does a really good job at representing that and in that scene she kept on that also was a scene that kind of freaked me out because she kept on looking at the queen and the queen was just staring at her and she looked back at her soup or her dessert or whatever looked back at the queen and then it was the other like the the old queen that got beheaded she was in like the seat just like looking at her too like i got chills just like oh yeah. my god it's yeah, freaky absolutely. like god damn but like who knows like that it does a, such a good job of representing like what her mind could have been like during these 3 days of her separating from this like cult like family it's a Sorry genuine offend, symptom but... of like horrible anxiety too is where you always think people are watching you which in that instant they definitely were it wasn't just a, was. a fantasy like not only were you worried about them watching you they were watching you i mean can you imagine you're just in like the fridge just munching on some like you know late night food and you just look over and timothy spall's just like yeah bro i'm just eating some cheese from Publix and like <laughs> timothy Balls there like <laughs> what are you just, doing what are you doing <laughs> a really organized fridge by the way in that scene wasn't that just like the most beautiful like walk-in you've ever seen wow yeah she just grabs that piece of cake and she just stuffs it in her face i was just like you go like holy skinny like that was like a ghost story satisfying wasn't it when she was wondering if she was gonna eat like the whole cake or something (laughs) they're gonna go on it's like a 14 minute one take of her just eating a cake her character was just so broken she was broken but she but she came out of it so much stronger than i was expecting uh because the whole lead up to the boxing day where they go in out to shoot and this is what got gave me goosebumps is when she runs out into the field with her hands in the air mm-hmm. pretending to be like a like, pheasant yeah she's like i'm taking my kids we are going i was like yep they're not Good gonna stop her like she she will die for those kids and just to have a better life. And I was like, all the moments with the kids is it just, it felt like the most purest form of Diana. Like when they're sitting there talking about Christmas and he's like, all right, soldier, what was the best part of Christmas? And he's like, oh, being with the family. And she goes, I thought I told you to tell the truth. He's like, okay, it's the presents. And then she <laughs> looks at the other one and goes, 
What about you, soldier? It was when you showed up, mom. Good answer, soldier. <laughs> that <laughs> was my like, favorite scene in the movie. Yeah, that was the a camaraderie. And it just I and I think I told Spencer this immediately after I I didn't recognize Kristen Stewart. I just saw Diana. The entire oh, yeah, look yeah, yeah. a lot like they really if you're going to look at the production and the makeup and the hairstyling aspects of this movie like spot on spot on mm-hmm. Nate the, that moment that you just mentioned of the the candlelit like um, soldier scene that was all ad-libbed between the three actors they they just set up the cameras and they're like all right just go we just want this to be a good genuine moment I guess wow and that's what they got it out of it and it worked yeah, exactly it works so well and that is probably my favorite moment of the movie and yeah as as Kristen Stewart goes like I had a lot of hype with her performance and we've seen Kristen Stewart in the past and she has that like that kind of stigma behind it with the whole Twilight movies unfortunately and her, her and Robert Pattinson like ever since Twilight ended they've tried to gone off and do their own different roles and that has like kind of haunted them in a way like it always comes up for some reason and it, it they've more than proved themselves time after time after time again that they are fantastic actors and actresses and just this is Kristen Stewart's just you know probably hall of fame this right is here her get the, right movie right here where it's f- like you know what i'm fucking proving that i am not a shit actress you know i was just you have to do some roles to get into the business well yeah and she got twilight a massive movie that she probably never had to work again after but they, they love the craft so they continue to do it like what the harry potter actors did i mean they didn't have to act anymore but then they got to be more selective with the projects. And that's why you see Daniel Radcliffe do a bunch of independent movies because he just is more interested in the stories. And that's what is great. But with Kristen Stewart, the hype of her performance going into it, the first scene when she is at that like kind of community event or store or whatever, I was like, okay, it's Kristen Stewart doing an impression. Okay, okay. But then the next scene when she's uh, pulled over and the chef is talking with her, I'm like, oh, wait, no, this is Diana. And then the whole movie, I'm like, this is Diana. Like, I didn't see, I barely saw Kristen's story again after that one scene. I was like, okay, this, she is just, she transforms into this character. And it was very, very, very cool to see because now no one can make fun of her again. We talk about Richard Williams last week. We talk about somebody who's able to encapsulate an audience, but also completely encompass a, a human being that existed. And I think that Christian Stewart was 100% able to do that with this, with this performance. I mean, she was in the most intimate of situations able to do that, to represent Diana in the most psychological ways. It, it was really impressive. And if this was how Diana was, which I'm sure there's many situations where she was feeling this way, I really did feel like I was there for that that Christmas weekend, you know. Yeah, you should. Uh, th- there's an in- there's a famous interview of her. I don't remember who did it. I think it was Oprah? probably the BBC. She did one with Oprah. Or it, could, it was e- yeah, it was either Oprah or the BBC, mm-hmm. where she, I, it, you just you see it in her face that this royal family is just sucking the true life out of her. Because they're like, oh, do you think you'll ever be queen? And she goes, um, I I don't think I would be queen. And I don't believe my family would allow me to be queen. Just kind of thing. And you just see it and how broken she is. But she was just an angel. And the way Kristen Stewart just, like Spencer said, yeah, at the beginning you look, oh, it's Kristen Stewart. But then as you see, like, her outfits, the hair, the way she walks, the way she kind of holds herself up in kind of difficult situations, you see Princess Diana. And Kristen Stewart is actually the only American to ever win uh, the Caesar Award at Cannes Film Festival. The only American in history. So that would be... Yep. And it was for, I think, Clouds of Sils Maria, I think was the movie. I haven't seen that. Okay. Yep. Um, but yeah, she won an acting Oscar for that, and so this would be an amazing like cap off. And she's still young. Like, if she can win an Oscar this year, she's she's set. Like, yeah, she's sent. I just love in, her in in pop culture for a long time. She can get an Oscar for this performance. I mean, just like I guess I would say like Brie Larson, who was very young when she got the Oscar for Room. But if you can represent. A real life human being, especially one that is as coveted as Princess Diana. I mean, that's that's quite the uh, 
that's quite the performance. Yeah, like this is a movie that when it comes out on Blu-ray, I will be buying it. But I'm hoping, maybe, I would like to see this on Criterion someday. Oh, yeah. It's a movie that screams to be on Criterion. Yeah, I'm surprised that Jackie isn't already. I would get a double feature of Jackie and uh, Spencer. Well, the funny thing is, in in an interview, this director said that he actually is going to do one last, like, movie in the same vein of Jackie and Spencer and it's like going to be biopic, another biopic and it's going to be about a woman in heels it's all he said people are speculating but uh he's Madonna? already said it's not going to be Marilyn Monroe it could be I don't know Madonna is ready you said a woman in heels does she need to die what, first what, is Jackie Kennedy I alive know. I think she is um she no Jackie Kennedy's no, definitely she, alive she, I think she lived a long life but I don't know yeah I think she does. died in like the late 90s Okay, she died in 1994. My my mistake. I didn't realize she was born in, Jackie in the 20s. Jackie Spencer. Who would be another great... Oh, if he did, like, Joan of Arc. That would be cool. It Joan, so, Was yeah. she a woman in heels? <laughs> no, Probably. but she was a 18-year-old uh, French soldier who got she burned got at the stake. Burned at the stake, yeah. Remember she Ooh, got, what if she yeah. did Sacagawea, though? That would be cool. Sacagawea. Or Cleopatra. Cleopatra. Didn't if we're really Lube going back. supposed to do a biopic on Cleopatra right now. He's attached to one. Was Zendaya starring? Because that would be something. No. Actually, that's not a bad call. I need Zendaya or to win an Oscar in the next two years. Do you think that could happen? Not two unless years. she gets away from the Spider-Mans and stuff. I heard Dune starts... 2 is supposed to be more about her character. Like She's kind of the, the lead in Dune 2. So maybe. She won't get a nomination for that, though. I don't think Probably she will. Not. Unless for, if she Rebecca so... Ferguson does for Dune, the first Dune, then maybe. But I don't know. Do you think there's enough for Sally Hawkins to get a best supporting on here? No, I don't think so. No. I don't think there's any other actors in this movie that has, um, like, I don't know. Timothy Spall, maybe. He didn't but... have much, though, other than just looking. No, he look was just, like, the only supporting character that had, like, any sort of merit, I guess. Other than... I guess the guy who played Prince Charles, but he didn't have play much of a part at all other than having a pouty face the whole time. I just think if you're going to base off, I mean, Sally Hawkins has a resume as well. So if they're going to give a supporting actress to anybody who maybe only had like 10 minutes of screen time, it's going to be her. So maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't see it, but maybe. Nate, yeah, you saw this in theaters. How did it look for you in theaters? Because we watched it VOD, and uh, it had a very... Because it shot with, like, 16mm film, I think, and then 35 for most of the other stuff. And it's got this, like, glow to the movie as well. Like, it's, it's very, like, soft and grainy as well. So mm-hmm. I, that, I, it, it's killed me a little bit that I didn't see it in theaters because I had the opportunity to go see it many times in theaters, and I didn't, but... Uh, how did it look in theaters? Because the cinematography, I think, is my favorite of the of the year. It's mm-hmm. some of the best oh, work yeah. I've seen. It, it, like it was as good as you could imagine it being. It was just crisp, but it, but it did have that sense of like dread, like a lot of grays, a lot of it felt like natural light that kind of gave it a little bit of a dull kind of sadness to it. Which of course, this movie's about her depression and figuring out what she's going to do and if she's going to even make it through this this whole turmoil. Oh, sorry. It, it, it's shot from the same cinematographer that did Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which is like one of the first episodes mm-hmm. that we ever did. That and makes a lot I remember of sense. the oh. cinematography and that being a huge standout and it's kind of got like a similar kind of feel to it. That was very digital. I think it was shot in like 8K and it looked really crisp. This one is, yeah, this is more film, but just like the compositions in this movie, I was like, this could be a painting alone. Just take this frame. Like I think you had mentioned one Nate already. There was one when she was walking like along the stream, and it was like the camera's kind of far away, and like the house is in the background, but like you can and see her trees. reflection in the stream and the yeah. trees. And it's like an upside down version of what she's like currently doing, like walking along. And it's just like, oh shit, that's just amazing. There was one shot where she's just in like looking at uh, they're in front of a mirror with Maggie. And you can see every side of their face in that one shot, just with the mirror. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, that's another one. And then the opening aerial shot, it was just like the composition of the just cars. Like the, the greens of like the, the house the, or just the, the, the castle that they're in. And then the, the Spencer, the opening title sequence pops up, that drone shot. You must have like, like that Okay. Part. Oh, I loved it, dude. I was like, okay, this movie was made for me. Also, like great full circle where like 
the opening scene is her in her car, and then the the final scene is her with her kids in the car. Love that. It's like the same well, exact. She, the, uh, she's at like the Thames River, and she's like sitting there with the the KFC, and she's like looking down the river. Then it just cuts to black. I'm like, oh, oh no! I could have watched like a five hour cut. I could have. <laughs> Jesus. Genuinely, because yeah. the minute it ended, I was like, no, I want to see like what the royal family thinks about her taking the sons during Boxing Day. Like that's a tradition. Like I want to see the repercussions. I want to see her fight this, and. We don't. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's why the yeah the audience is at a fifty percent because it's it's a very unorthodox movie. It's not really a biopic, and it doesn't cover like <laughs> some of the main aspects of her life. But it def- it definitely gives you a good sense of just what her state of mind was probably like during her separation during those three days. And I like that the movie had a different style to it. It definitely worked very well for me. What would you give it, Spencer? This is probably, yeah, one of my favorites of the year so far. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, I'd love to watch it one more time because of just kind of how surprised I was that it just wasn't the type of movie that I thought it was going in. But I'd be curious to kind of watch it again, maybe with some others and, uh, you know, get a little spooked again because it's, it's a little scary. And I, I liked it. And Christmas Do you think that your girlfriend would so, be able to sit through this or would it no, be too scary? No, no. She, really? she almost was going to and then I was like, I'm kind of glad she didn't because I'm like, this movie was like, I was freaked out at times. Like, oh I don't know. God. It's, <laughs> it's terrifying. That's a problem. It's is, a biopic like kind Maybe that's why I'm thinking. Maybe that's why the audience is kind of like, ooh, this is unsettling more than I thought it was going to be because Diane is a, you know, a happy, you know, person. Well, you know. Technically. In, in the public good. eye, yes. In the public eye, yeah. Yes. You know, people maybe want to see a happier movie, and it's not that. So I'm going to give it a four and a half out of five. This movie wow. I thought was great, and I uh, think it's yeah, one of the best of the year. And Kristen Stewart is coming for the Oscar. I, I, I don't see a world where she doesn't win for this. Yeah, I, I'm going to let Nate finish this off, so I'll go ahead and give my final thoughts here because I feel like his might be a little bit more positive. But I really did love Kristen Stewart's performance. I love how this film is really able to kind of encapsulate how she felt in these moments. Cause she probably felt like this for a long time in her life from maybe the moment, not the moment she got married, but probably soon after she realized like, Oh man, this is my life now and there's no escape, you know? And and she was at least how it was rep- represented in this film, just kind of trapped with this family and with whatever values they instilled upon her, she had to do that. Kristen Stewart's amazing. I did have, there were so many good scenes. There were some with Sally Hawkins, some with the kids that I really, really liked because it it does give you these little moments of kind of sanity and happiness where, you know, that's where she wanted to be in life, but it's really, she, she wasn't able to have that for the most part, unfortunately, but it was a good movie. I, I think, I think the Oscar is hers. I think as as a whole, the film gets a three point five out of five for me. It was a it was a good movie, but I yeah, that's what it gets for mainstream boy. Got to be true to yourself, and I appreciate it. Yeah, I got to be honest here. That's higher than I thought you were gonna give it though, because after it ended, I was like, oh shit, am I gonna have to? Be doing some defending here to talk this man off a ledge, Nate. But no, No, I'm kind of surprised now you. You're warming up to some of these uh, kind of oh, yeah. zanier movies, especially Oscar season. Like I'm here to appreciate film as a whole. Like I, I'm here for that. It's okay. Try to. You yeah. what? Didn't you give the film last week a three and a half out of five, and I gave it a four, almost a four and a half? Because so. it was a little too like mainstreamy for me. Like I guess it kind of was. Yeah. Was, I don't know, but that. no, I, yeah. I get it. I get it. It was still a really good movie. <laughs> three and a half out of five. There you great. go. That's a good grade from us. That's a that's almost a bull or almost a lobster, a red lobster. Which is a four. Nate's processing. I'm still trying. I'm I'm still trying to like to to calm my internal temperature down from your three point five. Which is fresh. Like, is better than fresh. You got to remember that that's that's almost a four, which is almost perfect. So it's like three steps away from being a perfect. How movie. is how is a three point five, which is just <laughs> under a four, near perfect? Like your it's logic cl- it's, there it's doesn't more, make any it's sort closer, of sense. It's closer to perfect than shit. Think of it that way. It's like it, it it's like if you had a scale here 
and you had like they had in the front parlor of you, the palace. Yeah, so if you have a absentia, imagine having to be weighed every time you walk into your fucking house. <laughs> oh man, I would be I would be overweight every time. Um, no, but if you had a scale of absentia here and I don't know, I don't, uh, the Dark Knight here, you know, it's right in the middle, but more toward the Dark Knight. So think of it that way. And I like the absentia kind of Spencer the film. To what? the Dark Knight. I don't know. I don't know what I'm, I'm trying to make you feel better. <laughs> it seemed to work a little. Well, bit. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm I'm about to put you in your place, boy, because I loved this movie. I, I loved it because I went into it expecting a good movie, and I was blown away. I, the performance. The last time I was this convinced that the character I'm watching was the real person. Dana Day Lewis, Abraham Lincoln. Vampire Hunter? Honestly, probably, just because of the dedication <laughs> that, that he had. Yeah. But this is... It might sound weird just because I'm one of those people I find a lot of good, even in, like, really shitty movies. Um, This is my favorite movie of the year, and it's going to stay there. I don't see any other movies coming out that will top it. If Kristen Stewart does not win an Oscar for this movie, I will never watch the Oscars again. I will say that right now because, like, is it going to bring on. a huge smile to your face if Frances McDormand gets to hand Kristen Stewart an Oscar? I would prefer it not to be Frances McDormand, but well, it's going it to be. Was, <laughs> that's she, how she's that. holding her fourth Oscar for the tragedy of Macbeth <laughs> that she had just won like, oh. early in the night. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, but but seriously, this this is a five out of five for me. A lot of people might go, "What, really?" I loved it, and the fact that the whole movie there was tension from the beginning all the way to the very end, and tension for me is something that keeps me interested because then I never know what's going to happen next. And I just thought the way it was shot, it it had an art house feel, but on a grand scale. And it just, I, I wish you guys had seen it in theaters because just being able to see it like that, it was, it was quite incredible. And I was very pleasantly surprised. So it's a five out of five for me. That's my favorite of the year. That means I'll have to buy it on Blu-ray. So Kristen Stewart really only has one other person competing for that Oscar. And it's Jessica Chastain for the eyes of Tammy Faye. I don't even know. I've never heard of that film. Who's Jessica Chastain? So Andrew Garfield in that too. Yep, yep. He's. I want to see Tick Tick Boom. I watched that over the weekend. Yeah, he might get nominated for lead actor for that. <gasps> so he might be a double nominee. Who knows? Andrew Garfield. Yeah. This what is if he really dresses good in tick, up tick, tick, boom. as Garfield for the Oscars? He won't. He would have done it already. <laughs> <laughs> no, but this is the time to do it. He's like, yeah, I'm Andrew Garfield. Garfield. <laughs> he accepts it as Garfield. <laughs> Every time you say Garfield, I'm just thinking of Zombieland, where she's like, "Do you have any regrets? Maybe Garfield." Is that part <laughs> of the Bill movie? character. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Garfield. As you can see, all of us have you know close but differing opinions on this film. I don't think we are as close to the audience score as uh, some would expect mainstream boys to be, but I would highly recommend checking out this movie if you want to see the Oscar buzz, if you want to see the performances from this year going into Oscar season. Kristen Stewart is great. Diana. That's all you have to say. She is Diana. <laughs> she is. Absolutely. Um, But that is going to do it for this week of Mainstream Boys. However... It is a weekly show, and since this movie is called Spencer, I will send it over to Spencer here to talk about what might be discussed next week on the show. Um, yeah, this is the famous weekend. Oh, was this even the in week? a non-pandemic uh, <laughs> year? Just nothing would come out in the first weekend of December. It was always just like, yeah, limited release expansions. Uh. And even streaming-wise, there isn't a whole lot. Uh, but there is one movie coming out on December 1st. Mm -hmm. I think what, that what falls in this, what, the same timeline that we need, right? Is uh, December 1st next Yeah, week? yeah it definitely does. It definitely Fucking does. Fucking hate. Jeez, it is. Sorry. December 1st is on Wednesday. <laughs> okay, so this is the only new release movie, and it is a huge Oscar contender. But, John, I feel like this movie is going to 
<laughs> this is not a movie made for you. It's a Jane Campion film who directed The Piano, which we all talked about in a previous episode. But it's oh, The Power of the Dog. Of the Power of the Dog. Because Benedict just... Cumberbatch, Kristen Dunst, Jesse Plemons, uh, it's, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch is in the lead for, or in the front runner to get a nomination for acting. I think it's got a directing and screenplay nomination coming as well. Best picture probably. But I'm hearing that it's a very <sighs> slow movie. It takes, it's, it's a period piece and it's, I'm hearing great things though from like the critics, but let's take that with a grain of salt, but it's going to be a huge awards front runner, whether you like it or not. That is the only movie that is coming out in the next week that we could potentially talk well, about. Well, we can't watch The Kissing Booth every week, so and it is that time of year where we have to talk about Oscar movies, and we've done that two weeks in a row. You're welcome, even though Clifford has more downloads that time than of the year. most of our episodes. Um, But that's okay. That's neither here nor there. Uh, I don't remember the title of that movie, but we'll talk about it next week, Spencer. I can't wait. The Power of the Dog, coming Power out of December 1st on Wednesday. Yep. Nothing to do with dogma. No, nothing to do with dogma. No, but there's going to be plenty more options as uh, as December continues and more movies come out because there's still a lot of movies for the rest of the year. A lot of more awards contenders, a lot of more wide release, big big mainstream movies. So we'll have plenty to talk about as the weeks go on. I do want to say uh, we haven't talked about it on the show, but watch last night in Soho. It's fucking fantastic. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yes. I haven't given my thoughts on that yet, but I have also seen it. Yeah, really good. Nate, have you seen last night in Soho? I have not. Anya Taylor Joy. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Mm -hmm. The witch. Thomas and, and Mackenzie. Queen's Gambit. Mm -hmm. Thomas and Mackenzie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. And uh, <laughs> make sure to check out new episodes every single Tuesday on your preferred podcast platform at those movie dudes. That's the, that's the Instagram. Yep. That's where we are. You can follow us there. Get us to a thousand followers by the end of 2021. It won't happen. That is not but it's a dream. <laughs> I, maybe I'll wake up and I'll be like, Oh my God. No, it was just a dream. A thousand followers. Can you imagine? That's how many followers Selena Gomez gets every five minutes. If we all three put the work in. We could do it, but yeah, you know, we all have full-time jobs and hate our lives, so that's not yeah. going to happen. But some of us have two, quack, right? Quack. And, or yeah, quack, quackity, 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 quack. <laughs> <laughs> watch, watch Spencer. Bye. Take care. Bye. Mm -hmm. What? Thanks for listening to another episode of Mainstream Boys. New episodes release every Tuesday, and you can stay up to date with everything related to those movie dudes by following us on Instagram.